Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. In the previous program, I spoke about threats to the world's population that are ever so much greater than those posed by the current COVID-19 coronavirus, coronavirus pandemic. I'm going to be addressing those same themes in this program. I will begin with the matter of the recognized immediate threats to the population of the nations and the world posed by this pandemic, and then I will segue into these other matters that are of ever so much greater import. Great though these others are, these initial ones are. So, what a day brings, what a week brings. Shocker. Coronavirus cases, infections, they now officially exceed one million worldwide. And that constitutes a doubling of incidents in just the last week. This is the way these things go as far as a multiplying factor, not just an additive factor. Terribly so. And the fatalities, the mortality rate, the deaths have now exceeded 50,000 based on very imperfect reporting, mind you. But these numbers, they have a way of continuing to change, continuing to shift. I happened to mention repeatedly in the previous program, that whereas the White House had just yesterday, was it yesterday (laughs) or was it the day before that? Probably March 31st, because I did not provide a program on what is known as April Fool's Day. I thought that was inappropriate. I did not provide a program on that day. So it was March 31st, March 31st, the White House trotted out its predictions for fatalities across the United States of America, and it provided a number varying from a low of 100,000 deaths all the way up to a high of 240,000 deaths based on models that are being used to predict these things. Well, at that time, I stated that there was one model that was being relied on significantly, and that was at the University of Washington, UW, as it is affectionately known by some. And it was predicting just shy of 84,000 deaths. And that was to be, to have taken place by, not sure if that was going to be June. I believe so. I believe it was to be by June. But that has changed. In a couple respects. One, that number has been ratcheted up to just shy of 94,000. <laughs> it has been increased by nearly 10,000, from just shy of 84,000 to 93,765. 14% higher. Okay. And. Now they're saying the deaths will continue through July, whereas it was, they were talking about June. But 
They also changed the day that was supposed to be the peak day here in the United States of America from what is known as tax day, April 15th, to the following day. But at the time that these numbers were rolled out, 100,000 as a low for fatalities up to 240,000, I said, let's just round up to 250,000, a quarter of a million. Let's just round up. I was only increasing it by 10,000. Well, they've already increased it here. In a day's time, two days' time, it was actually the evening of the 31st. They have rolled it up by approximately that 10,000 already. So, yes, I feel vindicated with regard to my rounding up. I knew that the numbers would change. I just didn't know they would change their projections so quickly as they have. But there you go. Meanwhile, fascinating report regarding how many people have entered the United States of America during the past three months, January, February, March, the first quarter of this calendar year. How many people have entered the United States of America and where they've come from and so forth? Well, how about this number? Just shy of 760,000 people have come to the United States of America in the past, actually not January, February, March, but December, January, February, from communist China, from the communist Chinese regime. Just shy of 760,000 during that time period. During the time period that this coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19 infection swept over Wuhan in Hubei province and all of the massive cities surrounding it, 12 or 13 cities surrounding it. I believe 12 because I believe the number 13 was including Wuhan. But, and then spreading about communist China and then spreading throughout Asia and around the world. In that period of time, more than three quarters of a million people have come to the United States of America. Did I? Whatever number I gave, it was 760,000 approximately people. Not million. Thousand. I was looking at another number that was referencing millions coming from multiple countries. But the number coming from communist China alone, more than three quarters of a million people. Hmm. Well, what if, what if 10% of those people were in the earliest stages of infection? Right? Then we're talking about more than 75,000 people coming into the United States of America. No, that was probably a high figure, probably not that many. Maybe only 1%, you know, maybe less than 8,000. But of that number of people, so very many were going to all parts of this country. They were coming in to major metropolitan areas through which so much travel comes and goes. The likes of New York City and Los Angeles and Seattle, San Francisco, places like that, but also through many others. And this number, this included... Americans that were returning from communist China. Just shy of a quarter million of those. And hundreds of thousands 
of Chinese nationals who were coming to the United States of America in December, January, and February for a variety of reasons. Visiting family members who live here. Tourism. Academia. Academic visits, you know. Visiting professorships, what have you. Business. Fascinating to me was that... uh, One reason for their travel that was not given, which, of course, is never given officially. It's always under wraps. But being dispatched here as communist Chinese regime spies, of which this nation is awash. (laughs) I've mentioned before years and years and years ago, decades ago, the number was supposed to be just a staggering 200,000 at that time. But in any case... Hundreds of thousands of Chinese nationals came to this nation in December, January, and February after this epidemic, which snowballed into a pandemic, had begun. Small wonder that there has been this building, burgeoning nationwide pandemic. You know, just a subset of the worldwide pandemic. But these numbers, numbers can be less than moving sometimes. You know, numbers can be manipulated and they can be used to great effect by various forces to affect societal change, to affect political change, political upheaval, social upheaval. In the hands of propagandists, they can be used. They were used back in the 60s. And on through the 70s by certain celebrities and movers and shakers in the major media to accomplish an end to the United States of America's efforts to prevent South Vietnam from becoming a slave state, a communist slave state. But many times people are not moved by numbers of people that have perished, that have suffered due to so-called natural disasters and all manner of other things that it is somehow too large a number, it is removed from reality, it's hard to grasp, it's hard to imagine. I've mentioned before something that took place long ago now. Back in the days of what John Barron titled the Killing Fields in Cambodia, that was the work of the communist Khmer Rouge of the sadist, monstrous destroyer Pol Pot, who along with his fellow thugs was educated at the finest institutes in Paris, Paris, France. Yes, very enlightened. Returned to Cambodia, and he exterminated more than one half of the people of his nation including young children, children and young children, and forcing children to murder other children. Just an unbelievably monstrous, heinous chapter, not just for Cambodia, but for the world, for humankind, for mankind. 
I know when I read that, John Barron was the author of a book called KGB. I'm sure that it was a New York Times bestseller, had to be. But it was undoubtedly an international bestseller as well. And then this later work of his, The Killing Fields. And I know I mentioned it, for instance, to my father. That number, the population in Cambodia, was estimated to be 4 million prior to that. And Pol Pot's Khmer Rouge slaughtered more than 2 million. My father couldn't believe it. He thought... There has got to be something very, very gravely wrong with the calculation of numbers. That that was just too staggeringly huge a number. There wouldn't be any place to bury the bodies. Well, guess what? They didn't bury the bodies. They left them on the ground like dung. But it turned out to be true. It turned out to be accurate. But my father, a very intelligent man, knowledgeable man he couldn't believe it it was just unimaginable that you could have slaughter of that magnitude in that comparatively small a nation that small a country it just defied imagination well the numbers that are being talked about with regard to fatalities worldwide for this COVID-19 pandemic. They are only to the tune of, you know, worldwide numbers. Who knows what it will turn out to be, but let's just throw a ballpark number out there of 1 million, okay? After all, if we're talking about a quarter of a million in the United States of America, which has become the part of the world with the most cases and you factor in Europe and UK and communist China and Asia and Africa where it is touching base touching down and so forth one million is probably a conservative figure but one million let's say and it's touching every part of the world it has reached at last count it had reached 150 nations, every continent except Antarctica. And if it reaches Antarctica, it will probably infect everybody there, right? So there are so few people there. But a congresswoman here in the United States of America, you know, one of those honorable members of the United States House of Representatives, Ilhan Omar. Ilhan Omar, Islamist, who last year divorced her husband. Didn't seem like a very Muslim kind of a thing to do (laughs) for a woman to do, but she is, you know, an enlightened Islamist. Well, what is it that this dear, honored woman has communicated most recently by tweet. You know, Twitter. Everybody has to use Twitter. I will be the last person on the face of the earth, perhaps, that has not used Twitter. But she quoted the president, President Trump. She tweeted... Trump says next two weeks in the U.S. will be, quote, very painful, end quote. And that he wants, quote, every American to be prepared for the days that lie ahead, end quote. And then she wrote this. Then she wrote a fascinating little following, a word, a single word, followed by an exclamation mark. And the interpretation of that word is this. 
May Allah be praised! Exclamation mark. Allah is, of course, the so-called God of Islam. I say so-called because Allah is not God. You know, this this wonderful religion of peace. (laughs) And its God is Satan. But she said, may Allah be praised. So another way to state that would be thank God. Right? That's an equivalent. That's a paraphrase for her. Again, her God, who just happens to be Satan. But Trump says next two weeks in the U.S. will be very painful and that he wants every American to be prepared for the days that lie ahead. May Allah be praised, exclamation mark. Joyously celebrating the suffering and death of Americans. This is a United States congresswoman. Only in the free world, only in the free nations, so-called, can this happen. These are the only places that this kind of thing is tolerated. Because after all, you know, we just, we are so open-minded. Yes. We are so open-minded, so empty-headed, so insane that this can pass. This can be allowed to stand. This can be tolerated from a politician. Absolutely beyond the pale of outrageous. But hey, oh well. One of the Bernie Sanders supporters, I believe. But <laughs> I, I will qualify that. You know, perhaps, perhaps she's not now. Perhaps she will be disavowed by the campaign. <laughs> but last I knew, I believe she was supposed to be one of the would-be surrogates for Bernie Sanders. But, meanwhile in France, I mentioned Gay Paris there with Pol Pot. Well, in France, the coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic, the death rate, the fatalities, they have been incremented or ratcheted upwards now to just shy of five and a half thousand. What caused that? It was a matter of accounting. You've heard of funny accounting? Well, they were engaged in some very funny accounting in France, and they were excluding all deaths from nursing homes. Isn't that fascinating? You go back to Washington State. Where is it that COVID-19 began killing people. It was in nursing homes. All of the early deaths were from nursing homes, from one nursing home in particular, but which was in Kirkland, Washington, is still in Kirkland, Washington. But lo and behold, France excluded nursing home deaths from their fatalities for the COVID-19 pandemic until now. So, as of today, April 2nd, they are now including those deaths, and the number has jumped. 884 people have died in nursing homes in France. So, now, lo and behold, this number has been increased, incremented to 5,400 in France. But, total fatalities. Meanwhile, an encouraging note. An elder American, 104 years young now, 
William Lapshies, veteran of World War II, as you would expect, from Oregon, from Lebanon, Oregon. He was infected with the coronavirus, coronavirus, and was treated at a veteran's home. And he has recovered 104 years of age, and he has recovered from it. Outstanding. How many people would imagine that? 104-year-old man infected with this, and he has recovered from it. Bill Lapshies, who was in isolation at this veteran's home in Lebanon, Oregon, beginning March 5th. But I just (laughs) was very pleased to see that uh, because... (laughs) You would think, talk about someone in the vulnerable demographic, 104 years young. Before I continue, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right and true and good in these programs is thanks to God Almighty, the one true God, And his holy son, Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit. Whatever's lacking, erring, deficient, that is due to me. That is on me. That is my fault. Well, perhaps you have seen about Tom Brady moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers whatever, from the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots made the news. Robert Kraft, he saw to it that the team's charter jet was dispatched to bring 1.2 million N95 Masks to the United States of America from, of all places, communist China. And it was to have been arriving in Boston at Logan. But it was a very tricky business. This team jet of the Patriots It was only permitted to be on the ground in communist China for three hours, a maximum of three hours. Curious, you might think. Various people that uh, are in the know, they told that. The flight crew was required to remain in the plane. Not allowed to leave, even momentarily, even on the tarmac. And a ground crew loaded the cargo. It took a grand total of just under three hours. But remarkable. Now, I can understand it, given the particulars of this situation, I can understand that. I can. Truly. Once upon a time long ago, when I was not nearly as far into life as I am now, I served, I paid for the right. I did. I paid to be a volunteer on a hospital ship. And we delivered emergency supplies. Disaster emergency supplies. Hurricane disaster emergency supplies. To a nation. And the 
autocratic regime of that nation would not permit us not only to come ashore, but uh, they, they required the work of offloading the supplies to be done from a distance. Let's just put it that way. And this was back, this particular ship was not one of these massive cargo container ships where they just use, you know, technological means. No, 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 no. All of the supplies were down in cargo holds. Everything had to be moved manually. Yes, there were cranes to lift the pallets of materials, but everything had to be loaded onto these pallets by hand and so forth, which I was involved in. But we were so appreciated. The work of this hospital ship donating emergency relief supplies was so appreciated that we were kept at arm's length. <laughs> and this just reminds me of that. It's just fascinating, that's all. But that was Kingston, Jamaica, I believe, I do believe. In any case, moving on with communist China, the wonderful totalitarian communist Chinese regime, the forerunner communist Chinese regime, of course, the bloodiest, most murderous regime that has existed on the face of this earth up until now. Vice President Mike Pence said the following, in agreement with a great many, I might add, quote, there's simply no question that China's lack of candor to the world impacted the way the world was able to respond, end quote. Communist China's Dishonesty, deceit, lying, subterfuge. Resulted in this pandemic being reacted to less rapidly and less extensively than it would have been had there been less dishonesty. (laughs) Meanwhile, perhaps you saw this mention made of this woman doctor, Dr. Cornelia Griggs, and she is in New York City working overtime and in harm's way. And she posted a note for her very young children in case anything happens to her, befalls her. And she said, quote, My babies are too young to read this now. And they'd barely recognize me in my gear. But if they lose me to COVID, I want them to know mommy tried really hard to do her job. End quote. Indeed, she is working bravely, valiantly, as are so very many. But meanwhile, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar She praises her Satan God for this coming to the United States of America and infecting vast multitudes and killing many. Nothing wrong with that, right? Nothing wrong with Ilhan Omar. Hmm. Well, something terribly wrong with the United States of America. that it tolerates that. 
such brazen display of evil as that from Ilhan Omar. Not by no means the first or the only such brazen expression from her. Not to mention what she says to private companies. But meanwhile in New York City, continuing on in New York City, perhaps you saw mention of this. This is just shy of a week ago now that a New York City subway driver died after he and another transit official evacuated a metro train of passengers. What caused his death? Well, there was a fire that was on the train. And you probably think, well, okay, I guess those things happen. Do they? Do they really? There was smoke and fire on this train. And this driver, this motorman, and another transit employee They got all of the passengers off. But he died. He perished. And his body was found on the tracks. But. That wasn't the only fire. There were fires reported at three other metro stations nearby at the same time. Talk about a coincidence. This going on in this great United States of America that our president told us all about in the State of the Union address. About how all of us, you know, are coming together and so forth. Joe Biden has stated he's going to bring everybody together. Everybody, the Ilhan Omars wishing death to all Americans that are not Muslim. Praising her God who happens to be Satan for that. These people that started four fires on metro trains at metro stations on the same day at the same time. Bring them together, Joe. Bring them together, Mr. President. Yes, bring us all together, and we can sing Kumbaya. Well, this station was near Central Park, and the others were near it. But, Absolutely monstrous. And this was about 3 a.m. In the United States of America, in that great city, New York City. I mentioned previously about this little matter in Holland. About this Dutch court that it convicted this Muslim man from Turkey of having committed murder with terrorist motive. It sentenced him to life imprisonment. He murdered four people. He attempted to murder more. This was on a tram in Holland, in Utrecht, college town. Well, Gokmentanis, He wasn't in court at the time that the verdict was read, and that was due to, of all things, that was due to restrictions that were imposed to prevent the spread of the coronavirus or coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic. And I thought it was so interesting the words that were used concerning him by the judge. It said, quote, 
suspect, the suspect, but anyway, pardon me, quote, the suspect spread death and destruction in broad daylight in a tram in Utrecht or Utrecht. That according to Judge Rud van Veldhuizen. And the reason that Gottman Tennis was not in court to hear this and to hear his all of the other great reasoning, the verdict, the guilty verdict, was to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. But this suspect, can you imagine that? The judge is delivering the verdict. And he still refers to him as a suspect, not the murderer, right? Not the terrorist, not the Islamist terrorist, the suspect. How is he still a suspect if he is being found guilty of having committed murder of four people, attempted murder of others? The suspect. Spread death and destruction in broad daylight in a tram in Utrecht. But not just in the tram, I might add. No. But he spread death and destruction. Well, guess what? He wasn't present there for this verdict because restrictions imposed to prevent the spread of death and destruction from coronavirus. But... The judge said the following as well. Tannis stepped into the tram, then pulled out a pistol with which he, while shouting the name of his God, Allah, shot at innocent passengers in cold blood, not once but many times in just over two minutes. Then he walked onto a platform, and he jumped out of the tram. He shot a driver sitting behind the wheel of a car. Three people in the tram died. The driver of the car died. This was on March 18, 2019. So just over a year ago. But shouting the name of his God, his Satan God, Allah, Just like dear United States Representative Ilhan Omar. Praising God for the death and suffering of Americans. Have a lot in common, these. Oh, but he's being assigned a life sentence. Yes, Yes, we know how those work. Well, in the previous... Program Again, I referred to not just the coronavirus, coronavirus, COVID-19 pandemic and the immediate fatalities, losses, casualties of that, but of something else. I mentioned that I expect that this began unintentionally, accidentally. I do. That's my expectation. I don't think it was deliberately caused, but I'm not ruling that out because of whom we're dealing with here. (laughs) The communist Chinese regime. I'm not ruling it out because after all, this is the kind of thing that these world rulers behind the scenes have been discussing and plotting and planning for so many decades. This just happens to be the kind of thing but less virulent than what Prince Philip referred to when he stated categorically that when he dies, he wants to be reincarnated, he wants to come back as a killer virus and eliminate most of the world's population. Why would he want to do that? (laughs) 
What would motivate him? Well, because that would be good for the earth. That would be good for the world, in his view. You know, like Peter Singer. That would be good for wildlife. After all, Prince Philip, I believe, is the founder of the World Wildlife Fund. That would be good for those people that survive. (laughs) What? Outstanding thinking, don't you think? To come back as a killer virus to savage the population, the peoples of the entire world, so that those who do not die, that then there will be more space for them. Deep thinking. But, so again, I'm not ruling out the possibility that this was deliberately done. But regardless, whether it was done accidentally, unintentionally, as I assume was the case, or whether it was done deliberately, we still have the little matter of what else can take place besides massive economic Reversal, shall we say. Massive economic ramifications. Recession. Depression. What have you. Not to mention what can follow that. Societal upheaval. Like what Italy is wrestling with right now. Violent social unrest. Violent social unrest which led to the regimes that were so pivotally involved in the engagement of World War II. But... (laughs) What else is there, really? Again, this can be used as a springboard. The world thinkers, social engineers, who specialize in propaganda, indoctrination, social engineering, behavior modification, and have been very, very, very active for a long time in subverting and corrupting the masses of people. Focused first and foremost on the young, as Adolf Hitler was, and as all of the these monstrous regime leaders have been, the puppet masters. But... They have been trying to develop triggering mechanisms to bring about regime change in every free nation of the world and thereby to bring about the overthrow of every free nation in the world. And to join together all of the resulting regimes into a single regime. A one world regime. And to achieve worldwide hegemony. Worldwide domination. Worldwide enslavement. It has been the passion, the lust of so many evil world rulers for so long. None of them have accomplished it up until now. I mentioned before that according to no less than the Holy Bible, this is foretold. It doesn't tell us whether now is the time. You know, this could be Even if this was deliberately caused, it still can be a dry run. It still can be a rehearsal. 
<laughs> right? You know, like the rehearsals of the hijackings of the Jets before 9-11? This still can be a dry run. This still can be a rehearsal, even if the pandemic was deliberate. And I don't think it was. But whether it's coming very soon, as in in this year, next year, or whether it's a few years further off, A triggering mechanism will be employed, a springboard, to bring about regime change throughout the free world, at which point in time 10 new leaders, new to the world, new to the world stage, 10 leaders will rise, followed by one who will overthrow three of them leaving eight, and that one will be topped off. And they will succeed in enslaving the entire world. But I'm not saying that time is, you know, (laughs) months uh, ahead of us. No, this could very well be years yet, but not a lot of years. It is near. And after all of the world has been enslaved under this regime, at the very end point of that, before every nation is enslaved, there will be one tiny nation still standing, independent of that worldwide regime. And that, of all places on the earth, This is so impossible, but true. According to God's word, that will be tiny Israel. But Israel will be surrounded by the armies of this worldwide regime and will be overthrown. And there will be this reign of terror, again, by this worldwide regime that will be monstrous, many-fold worse, so much worse than any regime that there has ever been let alone this comparatively paltry death count of a million or so from this pandemic. As terrible as that is, it will be a drop in the bucket. But that will usher in the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the triumphant return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.